Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. So welcome to Faculty Feed. Today we're talking with Dr. Justin Mogg, who's assistant to the Provost for Sustainability Initiatives. Welcome, Justin. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. So Justin, we're so excited to talk to you today about sustainability. Let's start off. Why should people listen to this episode? Yeah. Why would anyone on Health Science Center care about sustainability? Well, let me put it this way. Healthy planet, healthy people, right? There's the connection. You all are here trying to make a healthier world. Well, let's not ignore the natural world while we're doing that, right? And let's not ignore the state of society. An unhealthy society also makes for unhealthy people. We know that about the incredible health disparities right here in Louisville, right? Why are these things happening? Because we're not thinking about sustainability. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do we bridge social, economic, and environmental to really make solutions that work for everybody? I think that's key. And will you start by telling us what is your role at UofL? Well, I was brought on in 2009 as the first uh, sustainability coordinator for the university. I work across our campuses as any student, faculty, or staff who really wants to change the way we do business around here for the better. And when I say business, of course I mean the business of purchasing and maintaining buildings (laughs) and construction and all that. But I also mean, what do we teach here? What do we research here? Are we really teaching our students to be good global citizens? Uh, Are we educating them about these kinds of solutions that work for people, planet, and for the economy? Or are we teaching them to just do what we've always done? And guess where we're going to end up (laughs) if we graduate people like that, right? And on the flip side, on the research side, are we researching solutions that really take into account the environmental and economic and social impact of that thing that we're researching? And so what this requires of us, what this demands of us, is to think outside of our disciplinary box. And I don't mean that we don't need specialists to solve the problems we have in the world. (laughs) I mean, we also need integrative thinkers, right, who can think across disciplines and really see the bigger picture. And we need to start graduating more people who can think that way too. So it sounds like your role really touches every part of the U of L. Yeah, it's too big a role for women. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get involved in sustainability? Well, okay, I I was a a student of environmental studies in college, and the more I learned about the problems in our environment, the more I came to realize, and all the studies were showing, that the causes of all these problems isn't that we don't know enough about how nature works or what pollution is, it's that we haven't fixed the economy and society side of things, right? And so I was sort of headed towards this career of being another one documenting the demise. Yeah. And how depressing would that be? And in my senior year of college at Oberlin, I read a book that started talking about this concept called sustainable development. Now I'm getting kind of old. So this was the late (laughs) 90s, right? When the concept of sustainable development was still kind of emerging. Uh, The UN adopted this this idea in the early 90s. If you remember those very early days um, when we first started talking about sustainability. Uh, And that was really exciting for me because, oh, here's an emerging concept that maybe shows a way out. 
Because I was a person who cared not just about the environment, but I was really disturbed by like all the wars, all the people suffering from poverty and hunger. And I didn't want to just fix our environmental problems. I wanted to fix it all, right? So I took it all on. And I said, okay, I'm going to grad school to learn what this thing called sustainable development is. Uh, and then I'm going to spend the rest of my life devoted to it. And, of course, you never really know what the path is <laughs> to yeah, get there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, in grad school, I was focused on sort of agricultural and rural sustainable development issues, especially in the context of the global south. I did my dissertation research in the southern Philippines on the island of Mindanao, where I got a Fulbright and I lived there for nine months just talking to farmers who were in this wonderful program funded by you all, the U.S. taxpayers, a USAID project uh, that was bringing researchers and practitioners from around the world to focus their efforts on this one watershed in the mountains of the southern Philippines that was on the border of a really special place and from an environmental and a nature perspective, Mount Katanglad National Park, which has all kinds of rare species like the Philippine eagle that are hard endemic and hard to find elsewhere. But incredible things like the greatest tree density ever recorded on earth is in this national park and that national park was subject to a lot of the same stresses that we see around the world encroachment right by development by an unsustainable form of development where we think more short term and we just try to extract value or resources from the land rather than invest in the land and make a renewable economy, right? And so that's what I started studying was all these agricultural issues and rural development issues and uh, went off to the Peace Corps after that and did that work in Paraguay and South America for three years uh, and, and came back to the U.S. and decided, you know, I re I, I've learned an incredible amount and I, I would love to return to some international work, but why not look domestically too? And that's when I found this position at the University of Louisville thinking ah, I was done with academia. Right? <laughs> <laughs> surely, yeah. surely I've gone off and done all these great things with farmers. Uh, never go. Well, here I am. But that's OK, because this position is so different. It wasn't about documenting the demise. It wasn't just be looking at things from a research perspective or, or just teaching about the demise either. It was about being a change agent in this community. And I got to apply all those skills I, I used as a Peace Corps volunteer about translation, yeah. whether I'm translating these concepts right now, hopefully, <laughs> towards, towards people on HSC who might come from, from, to it from a different perspective, right? Uh, or community organizing. I mean, that's what this work is. We don't have a giant office of sustainability here with 10 paid staff and a big budget. What I do is I work with you all. Anyone who invites me into the conversation, I'm here to help you make it happen. Whether it's coming up with new ideas or thinking about how we use our, all of our pots of money around campus and all our incredible knowledge around campus in different ways. Um, and that's what I do, not, not alone, but with the work of a university-wide sustainability council that has great representation from HSC as well as Belknap. Is UofL unique to have a person like you or do most universities have a sustainability advocate? Oh, it's very common now, not just okay. in universities, but pretty much any large institution and some small ones, too, in our world today. So you'll see like Metro Government has sustainability staff, okay. right? You'll see Brown Foreman have sustainability okay. staff. The nature of those roles varies widely across the institutions uh, and the size of the sustainability office and the way it's structured varies a lot. So I would say it's pretty unusual to have a position like mine uh, that is an office of one and also is requires someone with a PhD. I, when this position was set up, I wasn't even here, but I think that was kind of smart in a way because they were saying, 
in a way, we want someone who'd be totally comfortable at any table on campus, right? So just as comfortable talking to faculty and administrators as they are talking to students and janitors. It is amazing work. And I, I feel like I see your name attached to so many different things, but you talked about that. So you don't have a big office, but you have the Sustainability Council. What does that look like? Yeah, that was set up before I got here in 2008 when then President Ramsey signed UofL onto uh, the president's climate commitment that now something like 600 schools have signed, pledging that University of Louisville recognizes that the global climate crisis is the greatest crisis facing humanity, and we're going to do something about it. And what that means is, yes, we're going to teach and research about it, but we're also going to take steps to reduce our own carbon emissions down to net zero. That's what the commitment requires, and every school gets to figure out how we're going to do that, how quickly we're going to do that. And so when I came on in 2009, my first role was to finish documenting our very first benchmarking of what are our emissions. Nobody would ever asked before, like, <laughs> how much pollution are we making here at UofL? I mean, it seems like such a basic question, right? But if you don't have somebody asking, nobody nobody knows. Uh, and you have to know that in order to take steps to do something about it, right? Yeah. And so that's what we've been doing ever since. Well, what are other initiatives that you think of when you're thinking about the individual faculty or staff that people don't realize or are being underutilized here that they could participate in? Yeah, well, when I think about the connections between healthy people, healthy planet, the two big topics that always rise to top of my mind are food and transportation. And as we think about those two things in our society, um, first of all, they're having a huge environmental impact based on business as usual right now. I think it's pretty obvious to most of us how unsustainable the current transportation system and food systems are, right? But they're also making us really unhealthy. And they're causing a lot of these sedentary diseases and nutrition-related diseases, right? Um, lack of access to fresh, healthy food, eating processed, highly processed food, fast food, obviously, um, all those things, meat-heavy diets, all those things are not very healthy for us and certainly not healthy for the planet. So every day I can vote with my fork by choosing to eat differently, right? And what I mean by that is, well, eating less animal products and also eating more locally, more seasonally appropriate. And that means it's going to be fresher. It's not going to have that big carbon footprint of coming from God knows where with God knows what kind of abuse happening to the people on those farms, right? If we actually maybe shop at a farmer's market or get a community-supported agriculture, which is where you get a subscription to a local farm and you get a basket of their, a share in their harvest delivered to you here on campus. We've done this for many years. We've had uh, CSA pickups at HSC and Belknap, right, uh, where people can get their basket of fresh local food delivered to them throughout the season right here on campus, right? Um, or, I did not know that. Yeah, I I know. Know. I'm writing it down no, for later. Exactly. I would have loved to have been part of a oh Exactly. Uh, and of course, our, oh, at this point, I definitely want to shout out our Gray Street Farmers Market that has been going gangbusters for so many years and finally came back in 2022 after COVID uh, and uh, I'm told is going to be happening again next year. I don't know all the details yet if we're going to return to weekly or what. But So is that a partnership with UofL specifically? Because I know I, I would see the emails come across, but that, so that is something, does the Sustainability Council 
like organize logistic how oh, do how the do council can't your... take credit for it i gotta give all <laughs> props to the school of public health yeah okay school right. of public health in partnership originally with the metro department of public health across the street said hey let's close the street between us and put in a farmer's market every week uh, and that's how that got started and it would not be going today without the incredible dedication of paid staff and volunteers from the school of public health uh, who make that market happen so food is one big thing, and then obviously transportation is the other big thing that affects our health and sustainability more broadly. So obviously in Louisville, we have such a car-based system that most people cannot even imagine getting around our city without a car. I've never had a driver's license. I knew at age 15 that it didn't make sense for me to drive. All my peers were learning how to drive, but I had just returned from a bike trip across the country, from our front door, I grew up in, in DC, uh, it, all the way to Seattle uh, at the age of 15. And so like when I came back from that, it just seemed like, I love riding my bike and I can clearly get anywhere on it. So why would I spend all this money on a car and parking it and fueling it up? And then there's pollution coming out of that tailpipe. That's not good, right? That I didn't even know about global climate change at the time. Like it was an emerging concept. We talked about this thing called the greenhouse effect, right? And, and we were starting to learn about it. But I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And here I am now at 48. I've still never driven. And it makes me so happy and healthy and rich. Uh, <laughs> you really don't. You don't drive. I have never driven in my life. I don't fly any either anymore. Um, flying is a huge carbon footprint and so miserable to be a sardine in a tin can. What? I love to take the train. I take the train every time I can. When I go visit my brother, who now lives in Seattle, I always... Give myself that extra, okay, it's going to take me two days, but I'm actually going to enjoy the trip <laughs> and I'm going to see the country uh, and I'm not going to be stressed out and I'm going to be able to catch up on all that reading that I never had the time to do at home, right? Uh, so I love doing things like taking the train, uh, taking our local transit system and riding my bike wherever I can. So Justin, you opened the, the segment today talking about healthy people, healthy planet. Absolutely. So clearly uh, our HSC faculty audience is concerned about healthy people. But sometimes I think, I mean, as one of them for 35 years, you get nose down, you just keep going, you go in room to room, bed to bed, clinic to clinic. Yeah. And the notion of the kind of things you're talking about, they, they feel a little foreign. Mm. And, and so can you help our HSC faculty think about what might they do? Because a car might not it might not be an option for them. They've got to have a car to get to the hospital for the emergency delivery or whatever. They may not be able to rely on, on other means of transportation. But what, what suggestions would you have for them to think about sustainability? Because I'll be honest, I've not thought much about sustainability. Yeah. And, and whatever efforts have been happening for your, what, 14 years here now. Yeah, 13, yeah. Um, it's not drifted this way. It just doesn't feel like we've heard much about sustainability on this campus. How do you change that? And, and how do HSC faculty, if they want to get engaged in helping this initiative, well, how would speak to them? First of all, we need to hear more from folks at HC about what your HSC, what your needs are, right? Uh, what your life is like here. I'm not in those clinics with you. I don't know what it's like to live your life. So how on earth am I ever going to be able to 
suggest any sustainable solutions. So invite us in. We invite everyone to join us on the Sustainability Council where we discuss these ideas across the university and uh, come up occasionally with some proposals that we submit to the administration, but more often it's like, idea exchange and mutual support for this work and how it looks differently in the different corners of campus, right? So first of all, I would need to know a lot more what the life of a, of, of a faculty member here is like, um, but every faculty member at UofL can participate in our Green Threads faculty development program. So that is an initiative that started way back in 2009. It's an annual workshop where we bring together faculty from all across the university, all different disciplines. We've had folks from dentistry there uh, to talk about how can I integrate sustainability into my courses, right? Uh, and it's true that no matter what you're teaching, there's always a way you could talk about these concepts because these concepts touch everything, right? They're so broad. There's always a way to bring it home to whatever discipline we want to deal with. Uh, and so that's what we talk about in our faculty workshop every year. Uh, and faculty get a, a $500 stipend to participate in that one-day workshop. Uh, and the only requirement is that you integrate sustainability into an existing course that you teach or a new one you want to teach. 900 School of Medicine faculty, right? Wow. So we have a ton of faculty here. Wow. The grand majority of those faculty never teach a class, right? They are in a clinic with a resident or a fellow or a yeah. medical student going bed to bed, room to room with that little group following them along. For them to go, well, how am I going to integrate? I don't integrate anything to a class. I don't even teach a class. What are you talking about? So, Is there a curriculum, though? Do you think about it? As no, a they don't have it. Yeah, that's no. interesting. No. Well, it's loose. It's yeah. So, so, yeah, so, yeah. so the, the official is, yes. answer is yes, yes there is a yes, curriculum. Yes, the LCME yes. mandates you have a I curriculum. ACGME <laughs> mandates it. So let it be clear there is a curriculum. There is a curriculum. The adherence to the curriculum might be the issue. Yeah. And so could you change the curriculum? Could you raise awareness and get something in the course of teaching at the bedside? Is there not, well, you have a child with asthma. Their asthma is precipitated by some of these environmental yes. pollutants in the right. air. They live in a neighborhood where a lot of kids have asthma. Absolutely. You're in the middle of sustainability now. Yeah. Why does this kid keep coming in with his asthma exactly. attack? When kids on the east end don't come in with their asthma attack. Yeah. So it's real, and, and you could tie it that way to at least raise awareness in the students and residents to say, oh, maybe where they live is part of the problem, not just whatever underlying propensity they have to have asthma. So I think, that, Stacey, there might be ways to integrate that but they need to be made aware of those kind of things so that they're they're more attuned their antenna go up and yeah. they're listening for these things you know we, we met with aruni Bhatnagar oh, yeah. on Wonderful. this uh faculty feed um uh, podcast a few months ago and he talked about things that we'd not thought a lot about it, about the impact of living near trees. Exactly. And, and how that impacts your overall health and heart disease risk and stroke risk. And he talked about going to, going to the grocery store, I'm not gonna mention anyone in particular, but the, the vast majority of the things labeled as food weren't really food. Yeah, food like, like substance. Like as Cheetos <laughs> of food, right? Uh, not sure. And so I think we have, we have broached some of this already. Right. But boy, we've not probably done enough there's to raise the HSC faculty level, uh, faculty members' awareness of how they might integrate that kind of uh, teaching 
there into are, their work. There are so many social determinants of health and lifestyle choices that go in to the health outcomes we see that it's just crazy for me to think about a solution being only you know, a prescription. Well, what if the prescription involved more physical activity, healthy, fresh foods, trees, you know, like these kinds of things that help us move towards a society towards greater sustainability can also help the individual move towards greater health. And so that's the kind of broader thinking we need when we sit down with a patient to understand their life situation and how we could address it in a way that is healthy for them and the planet at the same time. I haven't even mentioned our HSC Green Team, uh, which has existed for many years. So that we love this idea of having green teams scattered around the university because, like I said, like you all know better than anybody else what's happening in your corner of the university. And so you are the ones who can come up with ideas for what's not working well here and what can we do better and what initiatives could we actually make happen here instead of just some imposed idea from, I don't know, Grommeyer, right? Like that might not work. Uh, so, uh, I, the HSC Green Team is made up of students, faculty, and staff at HSC who are interested in these issues of sustainability and want to come together and exchange ideas and maybe do some programming here on campus. Uh, and so it has been meeting monthly, and we have an HSC Green Team intern, and he is starting up the socials now, too, so you'll be able to find it on social media. And you can get links to the HSC Green Team and all of our efforts at our website, louisville.edu slash sustainability. There are sustainability events happening year-round on all of our campuses, and that's a great way to stay in touch. Uh, and We'd love to see you out and, and engaged and asking questions. And feel free to get in touch with me directly. So, Justin, we always ask our guests to suggest that our listeners do something after they hear yeah. this episode. Yeah. What do you think our listeners should do? Well, one thing they should do is listen to my beautiful voice some more. <laughs> we, I, I helped start a community radio station, which is right here in downtown Louisville at, in the Hayburn building at 4th and Broadway. It's called Forward Radio. You can listen to it at 106.5 FM or the live stream is at forwardradio.org and you can also find the podcast there. I host a weekly program called Sustainability Now where I just talk to folks from around the community and they share with me the amazing things they're doing in sustainability. Would Maybe some of your listeners would love to be on that program. I'd love to have you. Or tune in, uh, check out some of our podcasts and you'll get you'll get really plugged into, oh my gosh, there's that. I never lack for interview guests. There's so much going on in this city. And like we've said, a lot of it can be invisible because there's no big marketing budget behind this. This is grassroots, people-powered change. And uh, so you can plug into all of that at forwardradio.org. Thank you so much for being here. It's been, uh, this is such critical work that you're doing and we're really excited to talk to you about it. Yay, thanks for having me. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at factfeed@louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.